This is the In Search More podcast, and I will see you on the other side. So I think that, you know, another aspect of forgiveness is that oftentimes it's put on someone as, come on, you got to forgive them. And now we're, we got like a double whammy. It's recognizing that we were hurt by something and dealing with the fact that, oh, okay, there's something unaddressed that I got to deal with. And then it's, but why didn't you forgive that person? And then the guilt, especially if we've grown up with a, a little bit of religion around us, and it's like, oh, you got to forgive, you got to forgive, just forgive them. So forgiveness is important. I don't want it to sound like from the last episode and this episode, the forgiveness is never possible and it's not important. Just the opposite. It is, it is important. It's a big deal. And it's sometimes just to follow certain steps. So, you know, imagine, I don't know, someone was punching you physically, right? And in between punches, asked you to forgive them. Right. <laughs> <laughs> or someone asked you to forgive them. Wouldn't make a lot of sense. No one, it's like, you forgive him? It's like, I have another punch on the way. Like, I'm not, I'm not forgiving him. So in the last episode, we spoke about, um, you know, Bessel van der Kolk and trauma, like the body very much, much stores trauma and stores pain. So oftentimes it's, really the equivalent of an ongoing attack on a person. Something's happened to them, and you take PTSD as an example. There's, yeah, there was an explosion 15 years ago, but this guy's living an explosion every day. Like, he hears a sound that sounds like that, a door shut, fireworks go off, and to him it's like an explosion just just went off. So asking someone to forgive that person, even though it sounds like, why couldn't you? Why can't you? It's 15 years old. It's premature because the attack is still ongoing. The damage is still ongoing. So before we even address forgiveness, we often got to address like, the punching, the attack. We got to neutralize it. We got to stop it. We got to heal the trauma. We got to, whatever the effects of it were, more than the effects, the, the ongoing nature of the damage, we got to end that. And then we can talk about forgiveness because you can't forgive an attack that's that's still coming. Right. And then I wonder, like, for the, the, the people that um, ask, um, like, how can't you or, or, or why can't you? What's that perspective rooted in? Right? Like, why do you... Is it ignorance or is it... Um, yeah, is it just ignorance? Like, just... When someone's, yeah, why don't they yeah. just forgive? Yeah, I'm trying to think. Like, why do, why do we, why do we, why don't we have that, like, sort of, like, capacity to understand? I think we talked about some of this stuff in, in previous episodes. But, uh, like, why is that almost, like, the default in that situation? Like, oh, it's 15 years ago. Right, because I think that it's, um, we don't have the capacity to understand and measure, like, what we don't see. And we put um, this whole healing and concept into some, I don't know, bucket of something we don't understand. If, for example, someone was cut and they were still bleeding, it doesn't matter if it was a minute later, 15 minutes later, 15 years later, you wouldn't say just forgive them. Right. Like heal the wound and then we'll talk about. Right, right. Right. And then we'll talk about forgiving them. I got evicted from, from the house, they're still on the street. I'm going to forgive. Like, get me in a new house, and I'll talk about, <laughs> right, forgiving 
the the person who evicted me. So with uh, with these kind of concepts, I find that people think they can wish it into a certain way. Like, oh, just get over it. It happened 15 years ago. At a certain point in time, like with sexual abuse, that's the most common thing you hear. Come on, it happened 15 years ago. And um, I mean, that was, you know, when you and I knew each other well when I was doing a lot of the work for Jewish Community Watch and, you know, speaking a lot about my story of being sexually abused as a child and helping others. And the most common um, criticism we got from others is, you're bringing stuff up from 20 years ago. I said, first of all, everyone's always going to bring up stuff from 20 years ago because a six-year-old kid is not being listened to or understood or doesn't have the platform. There's, they're not talking, right? So it's not till someone becomes an adult that anyone's talking anyway. And what are we talking about? Child abuse. So if you keep saying that, you're always going to miss it. But besides for that, like, I know it happened 20 years ago. Like, <laughs> you did give me a new idea. I've been trying to say that for the longest time. Like, why is it such a big deal? Just put it away. It happened a long time ago. But it doesn't work. And I think that eventually we'll get to the point that we'll have the tools to, whether it's scanning the brain or scanning different parts of the body, there's some physical place that, that this stuff exists. Right? We don't understand where the music is going between the phone and the headset, but obviously it's... Obviously, it's going on. So there's something being transmitted that we can't, we can't see. I think it's the same with, you know, people think of trauma as some sort of esoteric or out there thing. And it's, oh, what's the big deal? No, it's, it's something in there. There's a scan you can do. Maybe we don't have the tools yet, but there's a different brain, the guy who, b- between the guy who heard an explosion 15 years ago and did it now. And it's, physically, it's the same as someone who has a cut in their arm and is bleeding out. But because we don't have those tools or those senses to see that, we just assume we can wish it weren't so, and that would make it so. I think that's a, a big part of it. Do you think it's worth sort of like making a conscious effort to like have those considerations in a, as a part of your own thing, right? So when you... Um, as you're like going through your healing, um, like putting that in, in as part of your toolbox, if, if you get what I'm saying, like to always be considerate that it's not just 20 years ago, you know, I'm still living this, I'm still going through it. Well, sure, but it's not really about what people say anyway. Because if I, if I recommend forgiveness, if, if you understand what I'm saying and you understand that forgiveness that has no place until after healing takes then it's irrelevant. Someone said words and it bounces off you and you move on. So it's not really about everyone else noticing and everyone else having compassion. Yeah, for those people listening, yeah, have compassion. It's great. But for the person who, it's really our own voices that we need to interrupt. That one that says, oh, forgive that person. You know, there's a specific story that's coming to mind is someone who was, uh, someone I was helping out who actually met in a psych ward right, after trying to OD on... Um, on uh, on pills, he took some insane amount. He 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 had searched like what is the le- lethal dose of something I don't remember what, and took above that amount. Ended up in a hospital, and then from the hospital they understood what he did. He said what he did and put him in a psych ward. And I met him in the psych ward, went to visit him, and um, in talking to him, this 
this came out about, you know, being abused sexually as a child. And his first reaction is like, I got to forgive. I'm like, well, forgive what? Forgive the ongoing onslaught? How do you do that? There's nothing to forgive. But this were, this was messages that he internalized was, I got to forgive. I got to forgive. I got to forgive. Especially, you know, he grew up in a religious environment. I think a lot of those messages were there. It's, hey, it happened so long ago. Forgive. And then he had this double, like the double whammy that I spoke about earlier. On the one hand, he's recognizing that, oh, wow, like uh, I'm struggling so much to the point that I nearly ended my own life. And then on the other hand, I, um, I should forgive. <laughs> All right. I should forgive the person who, who hurt me the most. Like I'm the bad person for not forgiving. And what I try to help him understand is that there's, there, is nothing, there is nothing to forgive. So it's not so much the other person. Sure, it can help, but it's really about us understanding that the, there is no place for forgiveness until we've done um, our own healing. Then we're not forgiving for an ongoing attack. We're forgiving for something from the past, which is more appropriate. We can, we can forgive for something from, from the past. And this is not a contradiction um, from what I, the episode I spoke about earlier where you can't forgive for your child because when the child feels advocated for and the child feels healed, he'll forgive too. Like he's not, he's okay. He's forgiven too. Everyone's, everyone's in harmony now. There's no one, there's no one, there's no one contesting this. We're all, we're all okay with forgiveness. It's not that forgiveness is easy at that stage. It's possible at that stage. It's still hard. It's still always hard to forgive. But there's no conversation when there's an ongoing, ongoing attack.